a total snoozer. Saving Private <laughs> Ryan in World War One, but boring and tedious and unrealistic. What? <laughs> Way oh. less Matt Damon. Oh my God. Someone died in a war. Stop the presses. Oh my wow. God. I felt like Elaine watching The English Patient with Peterman. I don't get the, the Seinfeld, Seinfeld reference. I don't get it. <laughs> Elaine. The pretentious camera work with these pathetic continuous long shots is just all showboating garbage to win awards. Come fight this show, I, yeah, like, I'm legitimately mad about this. It's been done to death, Sam. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> has it in any no. capacity? <laughs> no. That was a one-star review from IMDb. And welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series and films. I am Andrew, joined as always by my co-host Stephen. Hello there. And Ryan. Hey, hey, hey. This week we are covering the 2019 war epic 1917, directed by Sam Mendes. However, before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some other films that have uh, very small casts. Yes. It, not like, not specifically like two characters. But, you know, like a smaller number than what you would Not like an ensemble cast like Ocean's Eleven or, you know, something like that. A movie that focuses on just just a handful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, I'm kind of curious what you have, and I hope you don't take my pick. Oh, you let me go first? I I probably. It's dangerous. I'm totally going to take your pick. Do it. (laughs) Cast away. (laughs) Got him. Wilson. The thing is, is, I have a list here, but because he brought it up, I'm taking it anyways. Oh, that's so rude. That is rude. It's me, people. Come on. So <laughs> it's me, the bad boy of the podcast. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> Never saw it coming. He's the loose cannon. <laughs> Never saw it. He's actually it coming. wearing his aviator sunglasses clip on right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I flipped him down for that. It's me. <laughs> you can't see it, but he's sitting backwards in his chair and he's smoking. <laughs> what uh tell us about Castaway. So Castaway is a Tom Hanks film from way back in two thousand. Whoa. I actually Thought that it was more recent. That, that feels that like reason. 20, 23 yeah. years yeah. ago. That like, feels like that should be well, newer. I, or either, either either should be like, oh, it's from two thousand eight, or it should be from like nineteen ninety eight, or like nineteen ninety one. Yeah, three. Like pick a pick a different two, landing in two thousand. For some reason, feels bad. Yeah, I don't know weird. why. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a FedEx guy on a delivery on a plane. Mm-hmm. Not plane, in a truck on a plane on a plane, and the the. Bad things happen to the plane. <laughs> That's how you become a castaway. Hilarity ensues. Hijinks <laughs> ensue. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's really pretty incredible because it's basically just him talking to himself on an island. Yeah, for almost the entirety of the film. And again, like if there was a moment where you were like, "Hey, we need one actor," and it's just them on screen for the whole thing by themselves, mm-hmm. and we're gonna use Tom Hanks. Some part of me would be like doubtful that this could work, and other parts of me would be like. <laughs> Okay, yeah, like, if we have to pick someone, that's a good starting point, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's weird. Like, I feel like a lot of his roles, the, the best parts of his roles are his interplay off of other people, right? You're like, it Buzz, is. Buzz like Forrest and, Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump, yeah. Buzz and Woody and Toy Story, right? Yeah. But he does a great job. Like, it's, it's honestly pretty phenomenal, and he really committed to that role. If I remember right, they, like, took a break in the middle of filming so he could, like, lose a lot, bunch of weight or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's right. Yeah, well, because, yeah, I mean, like, there's a, a decent time skip that, that happens yeah. in the film because he's on the island for quite a long time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a fantastic film. His character acting in it is amazing, amazing. For, for just 
being the only one on the screen. And, you know, there are other characters that happen that show up later on in the film, like his ex-wife, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's very, very late. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're they're barely even characters. Yeah. At that I, point. I, the meat, the meat of the film is just him talking either to himself or to a volleyball. Yeah. Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> but yeah, like just his his like his emoting, especially kind of like early on in the process when he like he's like frustrated, upset, angry about like what's happened. Yeah. yeah. And just like his just his full range of emotions as he's like kind of clumsily trying to survive. It's just it's an experience. I don't know. I've only seen it like once or twice. I don't know if it's a movie that I can watch a lot. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of long, isn't it? It's pretty It's it's pretty long. It's, it's pretty like two long. and a half hours, yeah. I think. But it I remember is, when I saw no, it. Okay, so if you want to understand the changing times that we live in, it's a two-hour and 23-minute movie. This is, like, just kind of normal That's for pretty movies. normal, yeah. 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 And we're like, <laughs> it's really long, yeah, probably because it's just a dude on a deserted well, island. It felt longer, yeah, because yeah. yeah, the, the pacing is, uh, is pretty brutal. It's, it's very mm-hmm. slow. Yeah, it's very slow-paced. But yeah. intentionally so. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's, yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's just it is an intentionally slow film. Yeah. I, I remember when I saw it, it was like um, – because, you know, obviously after Forrest Gump and Philadelphia and things like that, mm-hmm. we knew Tom Hanks was like a really good actor. He's got the yeah. chops, right? He's not the kid from Big anymore, right? Yeah. You know, I love that movie. Bachelor Hush. Party. <laughs> or, or like Apollo 13. Right. No, Apollo 13. But, but Apollo 13 was also like a really, honestly, a great performance from him. It, it was, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. To your point, like it's an ensemble. Yeah. You know, he's like playing off other people. Yeah. He's not carrying the whole weight. He's not just you know? the screen. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not the film. Right. And in <laughs> this movie, it was just like... Again, with with the exception of the front and the end when he comes back to society, but like the yeah. the the middle means on the island, it's just Tom Hanks going off. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what about you? Mine is a very obscure movie that you guys probably have not even heard of. Two thousand seven, foreign Spanish language film from Mexico called <laughs> Time Crimes. Time Crimes. Oh, yes. I, I okay. So I I ran across this film while or maybe I was... it's Spain. I'm not sure if it's Mexico or Spain, but it's a Spanish language film. Okay. So. I watched Primer when I was in uh, college. For those unaware, it's like a very low-budget time travel movie. Yeah. Do you know about Primer? Uh, I'm familiar. Okay. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay. Primer is one of those movies where when you watch it, you want to get a diagram out and yeah, like yeah, map and, and, out like map everything, everything yeah. right? And when you figure it out, you feel like one of the smartest people alive. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Spanish film, just FYI. Okay, cool. And uh, when you show it to your friends... And they don't get it. You feel very smart, and you think they're just mouth breathers. Oh, smug. Like, How do you not full get it? Smug. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, Time Crimes is a step down from that in terms of complexity, but it follows essentially just one or two guys. It's it's one dude that is not to like. This is not any more that would get spoiled than in the trailer, right? Yeah. He ends up basically going back in time, and then has to. But basically, just a few hours, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then has to fix a problem that happened. And the, basically the hijinks that ensue are basically, it's all him. And he ends up playing off of this, like one other dude, but it's just like the two of them for the most of it. There's other characters, but they're kind of like tertiary. They're, they're there yeah. for like plot reasons more mm-hmm. than like an actual character. The, the, the crux of it is this one guy and you kind of follow him through multiple loops. Yeah. And then you see how they start to kind of intertwine and the way he acts in each loop Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it's one of those things where, like, they took their low budget mm-hmm. and did the best with it. Like, they they did way more with, like, one, ostensibly, like, two two locations and a field. Yeah. And then turned it into <laughs> a whole movie. And it feels like, it doesn't feel low budget sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like right. they're doing a lot more work here than 
other movies that have like t- million, millions and millions of dollars doing, you know? Yeah. So for me, I, I don't know. It's just the way that they focused on that one guy and how he evolves over the loops is like, it's just very interesting. So if you like time travel movies, check out Time Crimes. Okay. All yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so since Stephen took mine, I had to make a, <laughs> uh, a snap uh, change here. And this was yeah. actually on my list earlier and then I, I nixed it for Castaway, but it was taken, so I'm just going to go back to it. The movie's uh, taken. That's a pretty taken big cast. with Liam yeah, Neeson. I, like, I mean, that actually is a pretty that is a small cast. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's I just it him. Uh, so I actually no, I went with uh, Fight Club, 1999. Okay, because okay. you All really right. only have three characters. You have yeah. uh, you have Brad Pitt. You have um, Edward Norton. Edward Norton, and then um, Helena uh, Bottom Carter. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, and uh, you know she. His or, name was Robert Paulson. Paulson. <laughs> yeah, like, man, you already forgot. Oh, you forgot gosh. my boy Paulson. Meatloaf. Well, so, the, I mean, you know, the whole film is uh, basically on the interior of his his mind and of him just kind of going through, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it, uh, insanity. It's a midlife crisis. Yeah. It starts out as one at least. <laughs> and uh, you get some really interesting motifs and I, you know, we don't, are above, don't spoil it. Yeah, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil anything if for whatever reason you haven't seen it. Uh, but it's a really good film, and there are some really good twists at the end of the film that are absolutely worth watching. If you know for whatever reason you don't know the 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 beat now, so right. So before we talk about 1917, we have to talk about our Patreon picks for this month of January. We are allowing our patrons Ooh, to allowing, allowing the privilege. Yeah. <laughs> we are extending a, a, a deal you can't resist uh, for just for even just the one dollar tier and anything above that. Obviously, yeah, uh, you can now vote on an episode that we that you want us to review. You get to vote out of the out of the curated four cho- tier. Four choices, yeah, yeah four choices, uh, and then we'll review it, and then it will be exclusive to uh, Patreon supporters. For a time exclusive, yeah, yeah, yeah. For like early a access. Period of time, early access. Uh, so, who, what are the four movies they can vote on? Yeah, so we have RRR, we have The Mask of Zorro, Ip Man, and Gladiator to choose from this month. All uh, epics in their own right. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, we, as far as I can tell, RRR is um, a defining genre film for Bollywood. What was RRR? Rise. Roar, repeat, or something. Rise, roar, rise, roar, <laughs> repeat. Rise, roar, revolt. Okay, okay is revolt. Just tomorrow? Yeah. I, I, just, I was going to say, did, did it just become shampoo? Rise, roar, shampoo? repeat. Lather, <laughs> rinse, repeat. Uh, but yeah, so for, for the month of January, if you are not a uh, Patreon supporter, uh, go ahead and sign up for the $1 tier at minimum. Yeah, uh, obviously we would appreciate any money, but <laughs> sure. Yeah. But anyone at the one dollar or above can, you, can vote in this. Poll. Yeah, you can already yeah. go ahead and vote. It's on our patreon.com slash intended podcast page and just knock yourself out. Have fun. Yeah. yeah Exercise well. your right to vote for one dollar, please. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Vote vote or die? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh okay, so now we're going to talk about 1917. Yes. The World War One. War epic from Sam Mendes. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote it. This is actually his first mm-hmm. uh, writer credit. He yeah. Mo- he normally just doesn't write things. I didn't realize it was his first. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he was, he's basically pulling some of uh, loosely stories for, that were told from his grandfather who fought in World War One. Yeah. Uh, that was basically told to him, you know, in front of the fireplace, those kind of stories, right? Yeah. When he said, I, I watched some of the special features after mm-hmm. I watched the movie, and he said that the the nugget that kind of started the story was his uh, grandfather was five foot four. Yeah. And the mist or the, the fog on the, the battlefield was like 
around that height. So he was like a car- a courier. He would run messages because yeah. he could run undetected like across through, through the, the mist. He was taller than yeah. the mist. Yeah, and so on the battlefield in France and everything like that, generally the the mist would be could get up to six feet tall, uh, and it would be kind of hard to you know kind of see through it, right? And uh, so you know, as a messenger, you had to have these guys that were shorter and easier to get through on the front lines in no man's land and. And whatnot, and you know, it's uh, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. It's right? really crazy. Uh, so I'm going to give a synopsis here. So during World War One, two British soldiers, uh, Lance Corporal Schofield and Lance Corporal Blake, Blake excuse me, uh, receive seemingly impossible orders. In a race against time, they must cross over enemy territory to deliver a message that would potentially save 1,600 of their fellow comrades, including Blake's own brother. Mm-hmm. So that that sounds um, uh, pretty simple. You know, on on paper, right? You know, yeah, hey, but that's a good like summary of yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. there's a lot more to it. There, there's a lot is. more it goes on. Yeah. So we're just kind of going to go over some stats here. Yeah. And uh, so Thomas Newman did the composing for the score of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has also worked on Skyfall, Finding Nemo, Shawshank Redemption, Road to Perdition, which was also directed by Sam Mendes. Yeah. Uh, Sam Mendes worked on Skyfall, Spectre, American Beauty, Road to Perdition, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of other films. Mm-hmm. Then we have, uh, this is going to come, uh, in, is very important, Roger Deakins, who was oh. the uh, the oh, cinematographer, man. director of, of photography. Absolute favorite cinematographers. He also worked on Skyfall, Blade uh-huh. Runner 2049, Sicaro, mm-hmm. uh, No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. So he's done, like, I think all the Coen Brothers movies, if not all of them, most he's of them. He's done most of them. Yeah, and then he's worked with Denis Villeneuve <laughs> Denis, on, like, Denis, Blade Denis, Runner. Denis. Uh, who else? He's, he's worked with a lot of people, but he, Sam Mendes especially, he does yeah. a lot of his movies. Yeah, and uh, he is, uh, Roger Deakins is pretty much the uh, the hero of this uh of this production here. Man, Man. the The, sheer logistics involved and what they did is just mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with 1917, this film is is shot like it is a single take from the beginning all the way to the end of the film. Now, that is not exactly the case. There are cuts in the film. Yeah. However, it is intended to look like it is a single take. And feel like it really feels. Yeah. They use clever camera work and some CG to, like, basically hide cuts you yeah, know, and they, it, it's it from the viewer's perspective, it's one long take. Yeah, yeah, and it is just an absolute tour de force of cinematography mastery. Mm. Oh, yeah. Just incredible. This. Just even logistics alone, not including any of the actual like parts of the film. Oh, sure. Have you seen any of the behind the scenes? Oh, yeah, we, they... we watched them all last yeah, night. Yeah, they're buck wild. <laughs> yeah, it is really, really interesting. For, for the listeners, essentially what they did was they, they worked with Ari to get access to basically a, a, a new 4K camera. Uh, like a camera early. that they were in production of that was small yeah. enough that they could and do these they, things with They it. alternate between like uh, handheld gimbals and cranes and they have like this one crane where they have like two handlebars on the camera and two <laughs> people are running with it and they put it up on the crane and the crane takes it for the rest of the shot drops back down the other side and then two other guys pick it up and keep carrying it and oh. then like just so many shots and then they jump on the back of a, a uh, of a moving a vehicle moving vehicle and they keep the shot going yeah and it's just like the links they went to to like make it look the way it did and the amount of rehearsing they had to do is just so they actually Incredible. had to rehearse for six months before shooting could even happen. Yeah. Just because they were building all the sets. And the big thing with the, about this film is 
because a lot of these takes are anywhere between five to nine minutes long, the long, well, eight and a half minutes, the longest one in the film was eight and a half minutes. The shortest one was 39 seconds, but every other take is generally, you know, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so they had to like, while they were rehearsing, they basically just heard, they had to basically build all of these sets to be the length of the scene. Yeah. Because normally what you'll do on a film is you're just going, you know, you'll have like one one angle, take a shot, you know, you do a another angle, up, take a, a shot. Wide yeah. shot. Yeah. And yeah. you can borderline, you know, shoot a film in a in a telephone box with a camera if you have the right angles, right? Yeah. You, you're, you can be in a very confined space and get minutes upon minutes of shots because well, you're doing the close-up over the shoulder, over the other shoulder, right? Like people yeah. talking to each other. And you can use other. editing tricks to like, you know, speed up or slow down mm-hmm. a scene mm-hmm. based on cutting from cameras. You can't do that when it's all one shot. Yeah. Yeah. And so there over 5,200 feet of trenches were dug for the film, which is yeah. just a staggering amount. Uh, right of, right for, around a mile. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, let's get into just what our general thoughts are for Whoa. the yeah, film. Hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Oh, missed, yeah. You missed an important one. Budget and box office. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So budget for this was between 90 and 100 million. Okay. That's pretty high. That's that's, that's pretty pretty good. Uh, box office was 385 million. Nice. That's good. So that's that's a pretty good. Uh, I didn't realize it did that well. Yeah, it, I, it I made this money actually. I, well, I think I think just because I'll say the gimmick for lack of a better term yeah. of it being quotation marks a single shot film brought in a lot of people that were really interested about well, it. I think mm. too it presenting itself as you know a World War One. It's a big difference then because we yeah. don't really get yeah. a lot of World War One. Well, stuff. especially you know, just in America, it's World War Two or bust, right? Yeah, like nothing. Yeah. Almost you get almost no movies that focus on World War One. Especially, I'll say modern films. Yeah, I struggle that, to think of any. Do y'all know of any World War One movies off the top of your head? Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. There it okay, is. Yeah. There that's, it is, that's that the one. classic <laughs> one, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like when I say modern, I say probably like within the past forty years. Everything yeah. like there are definitely a ton before that. Sure. Just yeah. because like there just wasn't like that's just where they were mining content from. But even then, because especially we're over here in the US, the US, you know, was I mean like they, they were involved. Nineteen seven depending on when it was in nineteen seventeen we were involved. But yeah, like, but but mostly it's it's British. It's mostly a European it's yeah. a, it's a European yeah. conflict for the most part. But yeah, so let's let's kind of get into our general thoughts of it. Ryan, I want to hear what you think. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Good cinematographer. <laughs> what? Sign Ryan up. <laughs> surprising absolutely no one. Uh, yeah, like, I I have been a fan of, like, the Spielberg oneer from, like, yeah. back in the day. Of, like, obsessed with, like, you know, a, as someone who shoots and edits video, like, mm-hmm. you know, wow. Like, they plan this whole scene out, even all the placement of the extras. Uh, I mean, the logistics involved in yeah. this is just staggering. Just even, like, the, the beginning of Raiders, you know, when they have that one long shot. It's yep. just like, man, you know. And then you start to watch uh, this movie and you're like, so many, <laughs> so many people had to be involved with this and so much planning. And I saw on one of the special features they were talking about, the other complication they had is that like 90% of the lighting was just natural lighting. Yeah. Like it was what they had. And so many of the scenes take place outside that if you got, you know, one scene shot outside, you know, it was like an eight minute stretch or whatever. And then you have this next scene that we're going to shoot tomorrow that we have to rehearse. It's yeah. also cloudy, but it's not cloudy the next day. They would use those sunny days to like rehearse yep. and rehearse yeah, dry and rehearse yep. and rehearse because it was like, we have to get this. Y- you, you maybe know. only have two chances the whole day because it may yeah. take, you know, three hours to get everything reset. Oh, yeah. Well, especially when you have, yeah, like mock explosions going yep. off that are a lot of them are practical in camera explosions. Yep. So like you, ha- you have to reset everything. 
if anything was destroyed, now you have to like, you know, rebuild it, make yeah. everything look fine before you can do another take. So the, the timing of everything is just meticulous. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I think the, the, the sound design is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've got the, the 4k Blu-ray with the Atmos yeah. um, soundtrack and man, it, it rocks. <laughs> There's just so many scenes, especially in war, where like you know an explosion happens, or like you hear gunfire in the distance, mm-hmm. and like or, or the, the the musical score just rises ramps up, up and it hits you know fully, and like uh, especially with Atmos with the height effects, yeah, there'd be you know a plane flying overhead or something happens above them, and you can just hear it, and it's like they they did a great job on the sound mixing, on obviously the cinematography and the acting. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't want to like leave the acting out. Like we're talking about the the just the sheer you know spectacle of everything and how mm-hmm. crazy it is. The uh, all the main cast like uh, yeah, I can't so, think uh, of the George, actor's name. George McKay. George McKay. And um, hold on, let me, Dean let me, Charles Chaplin. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so George McKay is actually kind of an unknown going into this. He did Mister F- or Captain Fantastic. I mean, yeah, sure. I've never heard of it. And and then uh, Chapman was the, his claim to fame is he was um, the brother of He's Tommen in Game of Thrones in the later that's seasons. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, knew like, I'd like seen five, that. Like somewhere. seven and yeah. eight, I think seasons. Like I think the late six, six, yeah. seven, and eight. Yeah, 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 like yeah, that. yeah. But, but the blonde yeah. hair threw me because mm-hmm. like yeah. both times I've I've seen this movie, I was like, I've seen that kid. I know <laughs> that face. Uh, but yeah, the, so they're basically both unknown. Relative to this, uh, yeah, yeah. For, for this, and they're both really young. So uh, Chapman was only twenty two when they were filming this. And like, what gets me is, I mean, obviously, you know, since this film came out in twenty nineteen, there's been you know a few things have happened, a little, little uh, disruptive to the film industry. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it kills me that I look at their IMDb's and it's like, man, y'all need to be doing more because yeah. again, we keep talking about you know, the yeah. spectacle of the, the the rehearsal, the logistics of pulling off these shots but like both of them they have to be in character the whole way through and some of these scenes are very dynamic right like there's a mm-hmm. lot that happens in one solid five minute shot like you don't get if we don't want to have to you know, reset this redo an explosion redo whatever yeah oh you know if you mess up this take and we go to reset this you, the clouds move we've lost today yep and they just nail it over and over and over and over again well, I think George McKay especially conveys so much, even without words sometimes, just yeah. like the expressions on his face, like his posture. Like, yeah. Just, mm-hmm. He does a lot that like, yeah. Yeah. Steven, I, I, I pretty have, well, I think we already have an idea of what you like. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up front here, right? I don't remember what movie I was at when I saw the trailer for this. And I saw it and I went, ugh, and I rolled my eyes, right? Because <laughs> the trailer makes this look kind of like very action adventure It does. There's, I there's don't know a that lot. I've ever seen the trailer for it, this. Well, like they focus on, like, I, it's they, they focus on the action. Well, never mind. That's spoilers. Like, I can't I, yeah, say like, it. it's yeah. like, I don't want to spoil it, but it's also in the trailer. But they, most of what they focus on takes place not in trenches. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So, so it's very much so it feels like it's going to be like a big action adventure. And I was kind of like, man, like this just doesn't mm. feel. And like they don't highlight the, the, the main concept, right? Of like the, the big long shots and yeah. how much, like how that affects you at all. So at the time I was like, man, I, this looks dumb. And then Andrew actually really wanted to see it for, I don't remember what reason. Well, I don't know if you well, read no, about. I think I heard somewhere down the, you know, grapevines like, oh, it's supposed to look like a single shot. And I'm like, that sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he like, was I heard super about hyped it through like the blogs and yeah. like, 
think piece is being written the, the about Twitters. it. Yeah. <laughs> so so he was super hyped for it. So we ended up going and seeing it in, in, in IMAX. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, actually, fun fact about IMAX. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, if you saw it in IMAX, you actually got to see more of the film than you do on the home theater release. Or any other normal theater release That's because it was a 1.19 yeah. um, aspect ratio and then everything else is 1.6 or whatever. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie was just incredible, especially, again, in an IMAX setting. Yeah. Right? You, you, you don't get the opportunity to do that now, but obviously Ryan's over here, you know, talking up his... Atmos. Atmos. It's not that good. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you, if I get a new house with a little bigger space, I'm going to go hog wild. Gonna... <laughs> so, so when we... Uh, when... At least two subwoofers. Let's just leave it at that. Move on. <laughs> when, when, I, when I watched this to review, I was threatening to, you know, watch it on my iPad with my Bluetooth head, just headset. Just watch it on your phone in your bathroom. And then I echoes. said, no, Stephen, <laughs> we are going to watch it on my home theater <laughs> with the UHD. You need to come over. Yes. Yeah, so worth it, Steven. It, it, no, it totally is. But I was honestly like, like floored by this movie. Uh, you know, both times that I've seen it, it it makes such an impression on you. I, I think it's such an incredible look at again a, a war that we don't really spend a whole lot of time on. Yeah, just in general, uh, just because we were kind of near the Johnny Come Latelys in it. Uh, but like just the 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 tension that they build in this. Mm-hmm. The, the scale, the scale yeah. of it, just it's it's really incredible. And it even uh, like watching it, you know, the other night, and certain scenes that I know they're coming up, and I know it's having this. I just like you sit there and you just, you know, I don't want to like say you suffer through it, but it's it's such a, a tough emotional ride at some point. Yeah, that I think the the one thing that kind of goes maybe not in favor of this film is it can be hard to just be like, well, I'm just going to flip it. Like, it's not something where you're like, Friday night, friends are, we'll just flip this on. <laughs> you know, no. break out some beer, have a grand and, old and time. And that's for multiple reasons. Number one, it's like a tough movie to watch. It's it about is. war, right? And it's yeah. about very hard realities of war. But also, it's a movie you need to pay attention to. Yes. Yeah. This is not something you could throw on with friends and y'all can no, be you, like, talking and playing on your phone while it's on. Yeah. To, to fully get what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to like break out my monocle or something or my top hat. But <laughs> Please do. Truly enjoy. <laughs> uh, so I'm. I'm pretty much in the same light here. I, this yeah. is an absolutely phenomenal film. We, uh, whenever they were releasing the DVD or the Blu-ray, excuse me. <laughs> the oh, Holly's going to come down here mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> whenever we were, uh, whenever they released the Blu-ray, we mm. went out and bought a UHD Blu-ray specifically for this film. Oh, a, really? a player. Ju- yeah, yeah, just nice. so we could actually watch it in the best possible quality that we would have yeah. at home because this, whenever we watch it in theaters, it lets such a lasting impression on us. Yeah. Uh, one, because the cinematography is just absolutely absurd. Yeah. But honestly, the, the intimate story that you get mm-hmm. for these two characters is just, it. it's, I'm not going to say moving. It's just very emotional. It is moving though. Well, I mean, it, it is. is, but it's not. It's not moving in like an inspirational way. I think. No, I no. Yeah. Okay, I would agree with yeah, that. Like yeah, like it's, it's. Yeah, you're you're not coming out of this it's not, film. There's no uplifting about. Yeah, this. yeah. It's still exactly. war. Yeah. It's still a horrible war. And but it it's just one of those pieces of media that I've watched a couple times now, and every time I I get something more out of it every time I watch it. Yeah. Even though I know every single, you know, story beat and, you know, stuff that's going to show up. Yeah. And you know it's coming, but then you pull out more from each scene of Mm -hmm. of just how much the, um, these 
you know, actors really sold out, how much the production sold out just to make this film, which is such a passion project for Sam Mendes coming off of Spectre, yeah. which was not the biggest success. But, you know, like him going into this film was clearly like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And and it really shows like the the whole film is just absolutely phenomenal. Okay, so you know we we've all kind of talked to a little bit about gushed. It got yeah gushed. <laughs> not talked. Um, so you know, would you recommend this for people? How like who would you recommend this for? I I think I would recommend it to a lot of people. Number one, anyone who likes war movies. Like yeah. if you're one of those people that you know you mm. watch Bridge Over R- River Kwai and you watch Platoon <laughs> and you you're like the war movie guy, the Saving Private Ryan. Right, you've yeah. probably oh, yeah. seen it. Yeah, but like you need to check it out. It's it's really really good. Uh, I would say anyone who's interested in cinematography and filmmaking in general, if you have any interest, you you need to see this movie. Yeah, uh, I think uh, if you want just a really good, interesting take on a war movie. Yeah, this is a very good film. To watch. And there, there's a bit of an asterisk there for people that are are not familiar with, like I'll say, more realistic war films that aren't yeah. sensationalized. This is a very intimate and yeah. a very intense film at times. Yeah, this is very much so the horrors of war. Yes, and, are going and, to be on display. <laughs> yeah, and there are there are a couple moments in this film that are very hard to watch. Yes, yes, I would agree with that. So yeah, if, if you're if you're squeamish about um, I, I, it's not the goriest movie ever, but it's there's not. definitely some scenes that are yeah, yeah. That, that are pretty brutal. So I think this is the kind of film that, again, if you can handle kind of the the horror side of it, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, it's R-rated. Uh, you know, if you can, if you think you can, uh, graphic. Yeah, graphic is probably the better better yeah. way yeah. to look at it. But if you think you can handle that and you're up for that, I think this is the kind of film that basically everyone needs to see. I I think so too. Part partly just not just for the story, right? Again, I, I'm gonna keep harping on this. World War One is something that we just don't get a lot of, and this is a phenomenally well done movie. And like, I, I there are several scenes in here where this the sheer scale involved in this that hits home, and just the 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 cost, the toll, the emotional toll. Mm-hmm. I think just the reality, the reality of what yeah, happened in World War One is something we don't see enough. No, no, def- definitely not media wise over yeah. here in the U.S. And it's 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 not a pleasant watch, right? And this no. is like it's going to it is going to get a hold of you and hold on to you and 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 take you through this. But I think it's something that basically everyone needs to experience to some degree. Yeah. Uh, now, in terms of rewatching it. Uh, Yes, I will. Like I've I've re- obviously rewatched it for this review. Uh, it's a movie that I've, I'm always kind of like you got to be in the right mood for it. Definitely, I, yeah. yeah. I, but I will gladly rewatch. Yeah, this but film. if you want if you want to sit down, especially from even like kind of detaching yourself from the story, but if you just want to sit down and be amazed by some incredible technical work, this is this is it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see myself rewatching this like once a year. Yeah, that, that's kind of where we're, we've yeah. been at. I, I think I've seen it four times now, which uh, tracks because... That lines yeah. up. It's yeah. uh, 2023, <laughs> hey. Yeah. Do you want to talk to us on Discord? Please come over there and say hi. <laughs> we would love to hear from you on Discord. We have great discussions 
uh, not just about the show, about all kinds of things. What are we playing? What are we listening to? Hobbies. Yeah, hobbies. Yeah. Uh, other stuff that people are watching or interested in. Some stuff that may eventually become reviews. Some stuff that already are reviews. Yep, general, yeah. um, you know, discussions about memes and other random things. You know, it's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. It is a good time. Yeah. We also have a website that actually has all of our previous episodes that have been released mm-hmm. on there that you can just either listen to or, you know, go look at. I don't I don't know. Just do whatever you want. Loving I don't care your life. <laughs> just look at the waveform. I bet that's a funny part right there. <laughs> oh, look at that spike. So so what is that website? Would it be spoilersintendedpodcast.com? It sure would, Steve. And we referenced the Discord. It's got links to Discord. It's got all kinds of things out there. You know, look for us on Facebook. Look for us on Instagram. You know, leave us a like, comment. We want to hear from you. Or possibly a review, which would oh, yeah. really be nice. We would love a review. Any, anywhere on iTunes. Uh, he's yeah. going to say that. I'm going to say anywhere you listen to podcasts, <laughs> anywhere you we'll listen, take it. Give us the review. We'll take it. Or just pass it off to a friend and share yeah. and say, hey, I listen to these guys. You should probably too. You should yes, check it out. Please, let's get the word out. Share it with your mom. Share it with your friends. Share yep. it with everybody. Coworkers. Maybe your cat. I let let your dog know. Share it with your boss. Now. You'll finally get that promotion. Oh. <laughs> Those are bold words. Oh, man. Yeah. Spoilers into the podcast. It's not guaranteed a promotion for sharing this with anyone else. <laughs> All right, and we are back from the spoiler wall. Well, actually, this is a spoiler wall. We're, we're inside we're, it right now. Yeah, we, we are back from the commercial break. Is this is this a spoiler wall or is it a spoiler no man's land? Spoiler trench? I was going with no man's land. Spoiler barbed wire. This is the no man's land oh, of gosh, the spoilers. The barbed wire scene. Oh, no, don't. Ooh, don't. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, mm. so here we are. If you have not seen 1917 and you don't want spoilers, stop now. This is your last and final warning before we just get all in, up into it. We're all we're gonna get all up into <laughs> it right now. <laughs> oh gosh, can we not? Mm. Just like when that hand. All right, that's not what I was thinking about. Man, <laughs> the barbed wire hand, and he bumps bar- it. He, go, he goes right oh, in there, and I'm oh, like, oh, how just, many diseases? <laughs> yeah, it's just all the diseases. <laughs> and he's like, think about the paramecium, uh, <laughs> all the amoebas. And oh, oh. I, when I, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, is the end of this movie him getting his hand sawed <laughs> because it's infected? With everything. <laughs> well, well, Tim, you mean I'm infected with everything. everything? Everything we know about 1917 is in your palm. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that that specific scene. Every time every I know time. it's coming, oh. and it's just oh, I, oh. oh, I audibly go oh, <laughs> yeah, the screen no, I, every time. Oh. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this is, I'm just going to start off with just a couple little bits of trivia, and then we can get into spectacle and performance and all the other normal things Hit that we talk about. It. Okay, so cinematographer Roger Deakins won a total of 40 awards for working on this film. Deserve. I believe it. Absolutely He gets 40 more. That's, that's 40 too short I, for I, me. Yeah, I think that's too, too little. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest headaches for the film crew was a cigarette lighter that wouldn't work on cue leading to several retakes and wasting almost oh, a day's film. Oh, oh that's got to be Can you imagine, if, especially if it's like minute five of the six-minute take and oh. it just won't light, and they're like, son of a, again? Well, and, and I bet they probably didn't have a replacement for it because it's likely a period. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It has to look yeah. right, yeah. That's right. Yeah, which just is like a neon orange Bic light. <laughs> <laughs> just use I don't use care. It. Get the shot. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we yeah we kind of talked about the the film cameras that they were using, the uh, mm. signature primes uh, from uh, Ari. 90- yeah, Ari. Ari. Yeah, Ari. there it is. Yeah. And uh, basically, the whole film was shot on forty millimeter. 
mm-hmm. with the exception of a 47 millimeter for river scenes and a 35 millimeter for the uh, uh, basement in the tunnel or basically the tunnels. Yeah. And are you sure the basement isn't like underneath the building, maybe? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, in, the, yeah in the village. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and they basically used uh, a pair of Alexa Mini LF prototypes for the first time. Uh, and yeah. the reason why he wanted to use these was because he could shoot night sequences at a proper um, ISO, which yeah. is basically just uh, uh, light information. Well, it's how quickly the sensor gathers light. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, like I was trying to think of how to look. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to figure, yeah. Buckets um, or something. I, I, we can go deep into this. Yeah, if I was we like, really what's, an al- what's an analogy? Uh, <laughs> so, so each individual pixel is a bucket and it fills with light like it's water. And the higher the ISO, the faster it fills that bucket. Stop. <laughs> I can okay. go for days, all right? <laughs> all right. So we're just going to go right into spectacle here. Yeah. Steven, I want you to start. Okay. So this is the kind of film, right? Where. When we finished watching it, and Andrew's like, I'm going to watch the behind-the-scenes things. And I was like, well, I'm not going home. I want to watch it, too. And midway through, <laughs> we were like, do they have, like, a coffee table book that's, like, production notes from this? Because everything that went into this production is incredible. Yeah. Like, if if you are – I don't know if you can find – I don't know where, where this is streaming. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to task Ryan. Find out where this is streaming if it streams. Uh, yeah, I'll take a look real quick. But, but if you get a DVD copy of it or Blu-ray copy of it – The, the behind-the-scenes the are – The behind-the-scenes are worth the watch. And it's like, it's may, like 45 minutes of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. They may or may not have the, the behind-the-scenes on YouTube somewhere or somewhere where you can – That would there be are, cool there are, too. There are a couple – Like snippets? Yeah, there are a couple snippets but not like the, I think the full yeah, pieces. Yeah. But – for me, I think the thing in Spectacle that really stands out was the fact that basically all lighting, because of the the requirements of, hey, I'm going to pan a camera across everywhere. Like, I'm just yeah. going to, this camera's going to get all up it in the scenery. It had to be all natural light. We can't just have a big lighting rod sitting over here, a big, you know, huge uh, array here. They had, like, one yeah. instance of that to simulate fire. Well, because especially when the camera is panning around so much. It's just like, going to see wires you would normally and, and block. And, yeah, like, yeah. normal shot and, like, everything over here is out of frame. Nothing's going to be you out of frame. Avoid. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so quick thing. Speaking on the lighting rig that they used to basically the burning church, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it was five stories high and consisted of 2,000 1K tungsten lamps, a total of two megawatts. It was the Lord, largest. Wow. It, it is one of, or probably the largest lighting rig ever built for film. Yeah, that thing is that thing was massive. Yeah, uh, but like all the scenes where they're like either underground or it's nighttime, and everything is only lit by, you know, like his flashlight or the fires of the burning village or the flares going like the the, the, the use the, of shadow and lighting. Oh, the, oh, the timing. Yeah, and the again the logistics involved in yeah. doing the flares as the only focal point of light. Yeah. One, the effect that has on the scene, the way it moves oh, yeah. the shadows is, oh, wow. It, it's kind of like otherworldly. It is. It, yeah. It is a very much so an alien environment, right? Well, especially because, like, you as as just, like, a viewer that has clearly never seen war, especially at that kind of time I mean, period. You've never been in a bombed-out French village in the countryside? Come on, Andrew, if you yeah, live. Not, <laughs> not, with, not when you're surrounded by Germans in the middle of the night and they're shooting flares everywhere. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those. You should those. go to New Year's Eve in France. <laughs> quite a few Germans show up every now and then. It's pretty but, wild, dude. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those kind of things where, like, as a normal person, you're, you, don't, you don't see light do that. No, yeah. It's, it's a very, like, it, 
it's like it looks fake but real. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like anything you've ever seen. So it, it, it looks, feels it's, un, it's just unreal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Ryan, what about you? I hated it. Terrible. No, it's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Obviously. Come on. Um yeah, I remember um uh, I did not get on board with this movie when it was in theaters. Oh, not, not because I like yeah, yeah. didn't like it, but I just I, I can't remember why specifically at that point. Uh, I had read like an article about it, but I hadn't fully understood yeah, like kind of the concept behind the it. The concept, yeah. Like, I was aware of it basically. Mm-hmm. And then after it was out of theatrical run is when I was reading all the think pieces and articles on yeah. it, how crazy it was. And then yeah, as soon as it came out available to to like rent, um, I did. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And then I bought the UHD. And, and, and then got, yeah. then you then you got really mad at yourself for not seeing this in theaters. I did. I was like, man, yeah. this is a, a killer movie. Uh the I mean, I've already talked about, you know, the cinematography yeah. and stuff. The, the, and we're going to talk about it a lot. It's yeah, I was going to say, it's going to come up a lot. But I, I think the the ability to stitch together things as well as they did mm-hmm. to make it seem like one shot has to be commended. I can see some edit points. I can see some camera so, covers, some, some CG here yeah. and there. But, like, I would venture that most Average viewers probably wouldn't catch once, it. Once you, if you start really hunting for it, right, you're gonna see a, a couple obvious ones. Like, oh, it goes. The screen goes black. Well, okay, that's a yeah. cut, right? Yeah. But I think what's the total? There's like 32 there cuts. 32 cuts yeah. for a two hour and 20 minute film. And it's hour 59. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So pretty much right at two hours. Yeah. And uh, so Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes and Lee Smith, the editor, stated that despite the apparently continuous shot. Uh, broken by only one interval of unconsciousness, mm-hmm. which is, you know, halfway through the film. Yeah. Um, there's dozens of invisible edi- edits, um, which uh, up to 32. And basically it's moving through black, moving behind objects, you know, and they'll, there's an object crosses really close to the camera. That generally means it's a cut. Yeah. It's usually a cut. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, yeah, I think the, the implications though, like if we say look, there's 32 cuts across two hour or an hour and 59 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a little over eat like your average shot duration is like a little over three and a half minutes, which is absurdly long. So, so like yeah. think of a movie like Creed, right? They have mm-hmm. that that incredible one shot in the middle of the fight. Yeah, that's four minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's like that is a talking point. That is a, a standout highlight moment of of film in general, right? Yeah. Well, this movie does it just. Over and over and over and <laughs> yeah, over and over again. It's nothing but it's a just bunch that. Of, yeah. yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, there. I mean, you know, well, in the special features, when you see that, like, you know, Roger Deakins and how he's got like, like a map of each set, and, and, and he has, how like, the camera turns. And, yeah, and like every point is plotted out of like it's going to come here and turn here, then it's going to come here, and like everything had to be so meticulously built and and timed out to where how long will it take him to get from this point to this point to say this line and and to yeah. mm-hmm. do this reaction how long does this reaction need to be that's another thing you can't like really time when you're just running through it is like the again that's for me someone who does a lot of editing is there's so much power in editing for how long you let a moment land yeah. how quickly you cut out of something and you how don't get you, that here and you don't get that it they had to get it in the take. Yeah. You know, like the, the amount of time, uh, like when he's having the conversation with the, the French girl and, mm-hmm. and the baby, you know, and like the space between words has to be nailed in that take. You can't cut around like from a close up to a wide yep. shot to a two shot to her close up back, you know, like 
shot of the baby, whatever. Oh, over the shoulder. He's reading yeah. something. Let's look at what he's reading. <laughs> you you know, have, like, you yeah. have no way to like tighten up or loosen up a, a scene yeah. in that it has to happen in the camera. And it's all that stuff was executed incredibly. Yeah, it's just it's a staggering amount of logistics and work and time. And I mean, like, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but they took six months for the actors to rehearse the movie before even shooting. Yeah. Be, one, because they were having to build all of the sets mm-hmm. and the the trenches and everything like that, which is a, a mountain of work. Incredible undertaking yeah. just yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. And it is just uh, just staggering at how dedicated this crew was to do this. And honestly, for a, for a World War One war movie, 90 million to like a hundred million dollar budget. I'm blown away. Insanely large. Uh, Well, I was actually going to say, I think that where the big saving is by making it, uh, you know, kind of a tighter, smaller story of these two soldiers, you trying to deliver this message, you avoid the the big budget problem of world war one, which is how do I line up 10,000 Frenchmen opposite 10,000 Germans and have them charge each other, right? You know, yeah, like, yeah, with you, period tanks. And, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You, you avoid that problem. You're here. We just need one tank that's in a crater. It's been blown out. Yep. And a couple of artillery yeah. shots. Like you solve one problem by giving yourself just these other kinds of insane problems. Like, well, what if I have to build a, a bombed out French village that we can run through at night with lit by flares? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, let's move on to performance, which I, yeah. I think uh, cannot be understated at how important and good this was, uh, especially being uh, essentially only two actor main actors. And then you have a handful of bit parts from uh, a bunch of cameos that was just, I mean, like it was just ridiculous. Well, again, it's, it's also kind of funny, too, right, because from the American perspective, uh, some of these cameos may not really hit as oh it's a cameo because a lot of the they're all british uh, yeah it's a lot of, it's like it as the the uh behind the scenes says it's like the who's who of british actors right yeah, yeah. daniel mays uh colin firth benedict cumberbatch shows up as well uh, <laughs> just a uh, you know he's there i mean he's fine he's fine andrew yeah. scott is really good yeah andrew too. scott's in he there. played moriarty on the sherlock uh series yeah. for anybody if you don't sure who uh, this was also the for for that little tidbit this is the second time that him and benedict have been in the same um, like the same production, but oh, yeah. they haven't actually met in, in a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're still at war with one another. Uh, <laughs> Mark, Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Well. Yeah. That yeah. whole scene was really Man. good. Cause yeah, like, he's great just in general. You know, he's like, come on, you know, get up. And then like when he gets to the thing, he's like, it's best not to dwell on it. You know, and yeah. it's just like, it's, it's a hard, like, at first you think he's being cold, mm-hmm. but then like you see that he cares about this kid. Yeah. You know, like, he conveys that and they're like, this is just, hey, war, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah know, I mean, like, like there's, there's nothing you can do about it now. Yeah. yeah. You, you either yeah. move on or you don't and, and you still have a, a, a bunch of work ahead of you, right? Yeah. Like, Shout out to just that scene, though. Once he gets in the back of that, uh, the, the, the truck. truck. Yeah. And like you meet this tiny cast of characters of all these people that, you know, are in this regiment or whatever. For uh, I mean, maybe like, like three minutes, five minutes yeah. at the tops. Yeah, tops. And you go from not knowing any of them, kind of not liking them. They're kind of obnoxious. Some of them are. Well, to and, like, and they're very standoffish. They are yeah. to like liking them and then they're helping him and then they wish him good luck. And it's just yeah. like in the span of this one yeah. shot. You, like the, the, you get a little character you arc. You get more developed than some whole movies get. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing that I really like about that scene, because this is clearly um, uh, his lowest point. Yeah, in the film, you know, and yeah, and he is doing his best to just put 
his loss out of his and, mind. And not, honestly, just not break down. Like, he's been yeah. put in a, in a truck with a bunch of strangers, other soldiers, and, like, he's, you know, on the verge of the breakdown. Yeah. And it's just, like, you know, stiff upper lip, don't do it kind of thing for the yeah. first bit. And, and whenever whenever the, the truck gets stuck in the mud and he, you know, like, like the, you know, the first couple pushes, people are, like, not into it. They're like, ah, you know, whatever, man. Like, we're just, we're just yeah, here we're for just the here. day. Yeah. And then they finally kind of see the 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 problem that he's kind of like trying to work out himself is like hey he needs to get his mind off of whatever just happened and why he's with us yeah and and just that turn of the scene is i mean it's really inspirational just because like you know everyone's on the same side here but they treat him like he's not one of them well because he's nice well, he's not, not from, yeah, he's not he's from not their from regiment their company, their company or, yeah. or yeah He's just he's just the interloper, the uh, the guy they had to make space for in the back of the truck. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like Dean Charles Chapman when Tom Blake, you know, as uh-huh. Tom Blake when he dies, oh, like oh, that man. scene, the way he like, oh my gosh, like it <laughs> every I, everything like as soon as they exit like the cherry orchard and they go into the actual farmhouse area, yeah. like everything inside of me is just like. Just don't do it. Just don't. I know. Don't help the German. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and it's one of those things too. And and what I was reading one star reviews for this for this podcast, there was a lot of people that were calling out the fact that uh, him and this is more of a plot problem, but mm-hmm. that him and uh, Schofield are not like I'll say smart, like combat smart. Mm-hmm. They're kids. Like I mean, yeah, like these, that's you what know, World War yeah, One was. Well, and I, it, no, yeah. I don't say that's all wars. All like, wars. Yeah. You don't you don't send thirty year olds to wage war. It's, it's always not all Navy Seals. Yeah, strike teams. And the thing is, is like like clearly Blake is the the one that that wants like not to find the better of people, but he like he's, well, he's clearly is the most naive out of the two. He's got yeah. the he's got the compassion, right? Yeah, he he's has still, compassion. He's like, hey, this guy was going to burn alive. I can't let that happen. And now I will say that. Both of them do run to help him out of yes. the plane, but it's it's Blake who wants to care for him, yeah. right? Who wants to yeah. care for the German pilot, that which leads to you know the disaster. Yeah, um, but man, like that that scene, and like there there are things within that performance because I mean, as far as I can tell, basically most of that is a one shot, but there has to be a cut somewhere, right? Because somewhere in there, Dean as Blake, he like leans back, and then when Schofield lifts his head back up, his face is pale. Like he gets paler throughout the scene. I think they may have the, like color corrected, color corrected. That. That, they have to have done or, something you know, because I think that's post. one of the longer cuts in the film. Well, so if you pay attention, yeah. you see his face slowly lose color while he's talking. Yeah, to him. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. slowly so drains out. Then. Yeah, and it's you know, and and that kind of uh, I'll say damage um, from like a, basically being gutted. Yeah, Disney, is, take notes. This is what happens when someone stabs you in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, you you die um, relatively quickly, but also very painfully. Very, yeah. very horrible way to go. And not, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things, it's not instant, but it's not long. Yeah. And, and it's uh, just absolutely traumatic for, uh, for Schofield as well, where like, oh, sure. it, it can't even be uh, like, him just watching, you know, because at first he tries and, 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 you know, comforts him and everything like that. And then, you know, whenever he asks, like, am I going to die? He just. It's that dawning like, realization. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it. Well, because again, same thing with the editing. You can't like change the, the yeah. length of the pause between his answer. It's long enough for you to go like, is he going to lie to him and say, no, no, yeah. no, you're yeah. just going to sleep? Or is he going to say like, what? And he goes, 
Yeah. 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 I think so. And you're like, oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then him, you know, once once Blake passes away um, and he tries to, like, move him himself and everything, yeah. it is just absolutely heart-wrenching. Oh, yeah. Every single time. One especially, too, like, coming off of the fact that he just saved him in the German trench. Yeah. Right? Like, when he was buried after. Yeah, yeah. Like, Blake just this, this saved like him. Ten minutes ago. Not that long right. ago. Yeah. And, oh, that scene, too, when, when the rat drops down <laughs> always gets me. Because... I scream, no, and they scream, no, and it just, boom, and it happens so fast that it just, like, it always, yeah. I, I jump every time. Well, it's yeah. just, it's such a shift, too, because they're joking about the bags, and then, like, Schofield stops, yeah. and he's like, what, what's up, what's up? It's like, tripwire, and they're like, okay, well, just, where does it go? Keep track of it. Oh, holy, the rat, you know? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> stupid rat. I didn't, like, the first time I saw it, I wasn't even thinking about the rat hitting the tripwire. You know, I was like, okay, as long as they just find out where it, oh, yeah. <laughs> the rat's on the ground. All, all, all I can think there is bone with the stupid, stupid rat creature. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, George McKay, like, after that, when he's getting pulled out, uh-huh. yeah. and he's like, just hang on to me, you know, and they're walking, I can't see, there's so much he's dust. He's got all the dust, like. Man, such a good acting in that whole stretch. Like mm-hmm. when he's rinsing his eyes out and then he's like trying to keep up and you're like, his ears are probably ringing. He's probably got a headache like we've never even imagined. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, the concussion of all concussions yeah. right here for both of them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so fun fact about George McKay too. Uh, during production, at the end of every day, he would not leave until he shook every single one of the production people's hands. Hmm, that's okay. cool. And he, cool. he and by the end of filming, he knew every single person's name. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, so so still in performance, right? Because there's yeah. there's the the basically the final climactic scene of him running down the trenches. Oh. We have we have to talk about it, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So he's running down the trench. Like we keep talking about the timing, and I yeah. think if I remember right, there's something like they only had like they had two, two takes. Yeah, two chances to do this because yeah. again, cloud kept moving around yeah. and, and explosives, explosives. And, well, yeah. and they had the reset because they're doing practical explosions behind these people as they're running. Yeah. So everyone's pouring up out of the trench and he's running along the, the face of it and unplanned, he just runs into an extra and yeah. just gets back up and just starts booking it. And then he hits another guy and has to like recover from that front while they're doing like timed explosions behind him. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you only have, you know, like we can talk about like camera, right? The camera work, but you only have so much space. You only get, you know, three feet, five feet, 10 feet of focus. And like, at this point, he's way out, way past the focus point. He has to get back into the focal length of the camera, essentially. And like, just that whole, like, you only get so many shots at it. Well, and I'm assuming that, like, what they were doing was they were radioing the people triggering the explosives oh, so I, that he did, I, it wasn't I, on a timer. I, that he, well, he, pro- he probably had to, like, the guy blowing up the stuff had to be, had like, to be on, on the, the truck. He had probably to be, like, was, looking yeah. at the people. Like, there's no way you you could do that on a timer. Yeah. I would, no, no. So but, the, but you're still on a timer because the shot well, can only be so long. Yeah. You only have so much trench to run down, right? Like, there's only so far this truck can go. So yeah. the the guy that he hits first, where he actually does get knocked down while running, he the guy just stays on the ground. Yeah, he just lays um, there. He's like, I'm and, dead. <laughs> and so, like, while I was looking up reviews, um, I did see a couple people that were mad about this. It's still kind of a more of a plot point, I guess. But um, they were N- mad at him. Nitpick is what I would call it. Uh, yeah, well, he was like, oh, why did he, like, well, it's like one in real real life, he thought that he he bummed the tank. Right. So, like. Yeah, just. Yeah, like, and oh, he crap. just ruined. Play, yeah, he just dead. ruined. Yeah. So he's playing dead. However, probably in real life, if that happened and you were, like, on the front line charging enemy uh, he lines. Got the, he got the wind absolutely knocked out well, of him. Well, sure. that and he's just like, what if I just play dead? 
I'm a 21 year old kid. I got shot. Yeah, yeah, I got shot. I'm just gonna I'm gonna play dead until the coast is clear. Yeah, yeah. but like I guarantee, man. That dude, like George McKay is booking it down that line. That dude had the wind absolutely blown out of him. They probably both did. Yeah. He's, just, he's just like a, uh, a front lineman for football. He's just, just blasting <laughs> through. Like, ah, that's such a hit. Yeah. I mean, ah, man, just the performances all around were just phenomenal. Uh, well, and especially Benedict Cumberbatch when, like, he gets there and you have this, like, is he going to, like, just attack anyway? Just ignore yeah. him. Yeah. What well, are we doing here? And we yeah. already get the bit, right, from Mark Strong where he's like, hey, when you get to Colonel McKenzie, make sure there are witnesses. Oh, yeah. And that it's was like, such whoa, a good like, line what's going too. on here? So uh, the one th- uh, th- we haven't even mentioned him yet, Daniel Mays, uh, mm. the um, the trench co- uh, colonel? Sergeant Sanders. Sergeant? Yeah. yeah. Uh, right right before they go up into no man's land. Oh, oh, this is the guy who like sends them off. Is he a sergeant? Or is he a- I thought he was a lieutenant. It says Sergeant Sanders on IMDb. I thought he was uh, a he, You know, he does the... Uh, oh, the, the, the blessing with the, 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 with the whiskey? The blessing with the whiskey, like, Ah man, he was he was such a little treat right before you get the, into the, the serious part. Horror of No yeah. Land. Yeah, Kilgore, you waste of space. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> well, go get him. The flares, Kilgore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, let's move on to score. Yep. Uh, Thomas Newman, um, who has done multiple other films. I mean, he, this guy has a lot has of a, movies. A big filmography. Like yeah. my word. And I, I. So, what are some of the stuff? He, what's, what's some other stuff? Uh, he did Skyfall. He okay. did uh, Road to Perdition. He also did. Hold on. So uh, you got Blade the, Runner twenty forty. No, um, he did Finding Nemo. There we go. Shawshank Redemption. That's a very different movie. <laughs> it is a very <laughs> different movie. That's <laughs> uh, basically the same. Finding Nemo, Blade <laughs> Runner. They're both looking for people. American <laughs> Beauty. Meet Joe Black. I, he, uh, Wally? Did yeah, he did Wally. Wally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he's like all over the place. Oh, he's, he's everywhere. He's done yeah. all kinds of stuff. It's ridiculous. But it sounds yeah. like he works with Sam Mendes quite a bit, too. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, honestly, so uh, Hans Zimmer did the latest Bond film, No Time to Die. Uh, I actually prefer Thomas Thomas Newman's tracks for Skyfall and Spectre Man, over that's like, you're like, No you're Time like to Die. entering almost blasphemous territory I mean, here. Uh, yeah. Don't get me I'm wrong. Not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Tracks, I'm not like, saying you're wrong. I'd have to I'm listen saying, to them like, back woo. to back because yeah. I don't really remember a ton of the No Time to Die soundtrack as much as I, like, I've listened yeah. to the other ones more. Uh-huh. more. So yeah, because it's just more, more time. Yeah, yeah, more time. To die? Yeah. <laughs> 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 we got the jokes. All right, so, yeah. Uh, honestly, for score, I thought he just absolutely just dominated this. It's fantastic. I I can't recall his other work off the top of my head, but like this stuff this is amazing. Is is very memorable, and it really punctuates the scenes because there's not a lot of dialogue in this film at all. No, no. especially once once Blake passes away, and it's just oh, wait, Schofield going to talk to yeah. himself? Yeah, and ah yeah. oh, man. There, like especially whenever he is running in the French um, uh, acoust. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, the village. And, yeah, and just like the the music that's just punctuating him, just trying to run away the from tension, the Germans. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is so much intensity. That is one thing that I, I remember from seeing it in theater was uh, part of it is obviously you know the the fact that you just don't get cuts. You don't yeah. get. You know, it doesn't feel like you ever get a break, a moment to breathe. But also the the music and the sound design, it just it's constantly ramping and ramping and ramping yeah. and ramping. And like we got out of that theater, and you know, I thought my wife Lauren was going to she was so stressed <laughs> about it. Like it it does it has, it will physically affect you. Yeah, how hard this thing is going. And then I think the flip side, right, is a uh, wayfaring stranger. 
Yeah. That oh. song will stick oh, yeah. with you. So yeah. that that rendition actually they released an entire full version of the of that yep. song because it was so popular from the film. So yeah. they, they basically just had an extended version of the one that you hear in the film, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. That that's something that is in like my playlist. Yeah. It comes up and it's like, well, oh. I think too, like from a sound design perspective and with the score, there's so many movies that like the entire movie is like a seven out of ten on volume. Yeah. There's not a lot of dynamics. Everything's mm -hmm. all like music is always present and it's always about right here. Yeah. This movie does so much, but there's so many scenes that are like really quiet and it gets really low. And then when it ramps up, it goes all the way up and it makes you like forget how loud it can be. <laughs> and then it goes back to quiet. Mm -hmm. You know, like they do a lot with dynamics that like yeah. a lot of movies don't. Well, in the the final major score, sixteen hundred men, yeah. which is when he's running in front yes, the of charge. the line. Yeah is just an absolute tour de force of just emotion. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. Well, it's it's such a, you know, like the journey, all this journey has led up to this moment, and he's, he's basically almost too late at this point, right? Yeah. Like, right. So it's, yeah. it's such a, a, a like a stress and just intense moment of, you know, oh, my God, do we sacrifice all this just for it to be the same outcome, right? Yeah. Like, right, for nothing. Well, like, and, and yeah. you know, uh, Benedict's character, says that at the end or colonel mckenzie says that at the end he's like you know tomorrow they're just gonna tell me to go yeah yeah like, like <laughs> yeah like and he's not wrong <laughs> yeah and and you know you we just lost you know blake for this we you know i've you know probably gonna lose my hand because i put it in a dead man <laughs> I, what, I put i put barbed wire in it i put it into a dead man's stomach just yeah like, you know like there's all these things that are just like all of this that i just went through could mean yeah. nothing tomorrow yeah that's which is which is just ah man, the psychology of warfare too. Like they they subtly get into it with just like the like especially when he's, you know, trying to keep it kind of on score, but kind of dipping back into performance. But when he's talking to Richard Madden about yeah. uh, I can't remember his character's name, but his his brother yeah Blake and like mm. just that whole back and forth, and then the like, would you mind if I write write your mom? Mm -hmm. And he's, like, trying to keep it together, which yeah. is making me not keep it together. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, like, you know, he shakes his hand. And yeah. It's just, like, it's just so much to take in. And the music during that whole whole part was just, like, perfect. So that was the first take. Oh, really? Yes. What? That was the first take. Oh, that's, that's where incredible. they started? Yeah. And, and like, it just made it right in the film. That's incredible. Wow. Like... And that that is one of those moments in even like in going the, over to the tree and that, yeah, that whole thing. All, okay. all one, yeah. yeah. Um, that's wow. that's one of those moments in the film that just destroy me every single yeah. time. Bringing oh. the heat on the first <laughs> man. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and the look of, of you mean his, the first thing they shot or like the first take? No, they did, no, period. that is the first take of that scene that they did. And then they were like, "Good to go." Yep, that's it. That's yep. incredible. Yep, got it in one, guys. No worries. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, man, it's just absolutely phenomenal acting. All over. I mean, we're going back and forth to score, to plot, to everything. It's, it's, it, it's all to, it's yeah. all a cohesive. Yeah, uh, this is one of those movies where everything plays Intertwines together and together. makes it. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's move on to plot. Yeah, and I, I'm going to start out with this, and I'm actually going to um, uh, kind of not. I'm not going to bring it down. Oh, here we go, Stephen. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> Old Downer Andrew. Uh, so, like, I do think that some of the general criticism of the, um, not the pacing of the film, because it's mm -hmm. intentionally meant to be not slow, but, it, I mean, like, you, you're still watching these guys walk through, you know, 
I'll say 200 yards worth of no man's land and that kind of thing. And while it is yeah. very visually interesting, it can, for people that are not into that. People that are ADD. Yeah, like then it can be very hard to watch. Um, so pacing could be a thing that, that could yeah. turn people off. But the other thing is too is um, uh, Schofield doesn't really have a, uh, he's been in battle before. He was at, what was the? Battle of the Somme. Battle of the Somme. Yeah. Um, so he, like, we don't know if Blake has been actually in a fight or like in a battle yet. Right. So I get the it, feeling he hasn't, but yeah, it yeah. makes sense to me that he would be really naive when like, you know, they get into the trench and he kicks over the bucket. That makes a lot of sound. You know, if there are people there th or the Germans there, then they would hear it. You know, those kind of things yeah. where like he's not being smart about like keeping his voice down and these kind of things. Right. Where like Schofield, he technically has been in a battle before. We don't know the extent of that, but it's, I mean, he's got, he got a medal. He did we get know a medal, that much, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so it's one of those things where, like, throughout the film, there are definitely a lot of choices that he makes that are kind of questionable of, like, going up into the sniper's roost and not um, checking the door before, like, he just opens it and just gets blasted in the head. And luckily he has a helmet on, so he's fine. Sure. But uh, that's the kind of mistakes that I feel like really happen in war. No, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the thing is, like, they're both still naive. So, you know, like, whenever you're going into you know, these kind of battle things or experiences, right? Mm -hmm. It feels, uh, you, you know, like you're looking at it from the outside and you're like, well, clearly, you know, they don't need to kick open over that bucket. It'll make sound, you know, but yeah. these, these are I, two kids. I mean, They're I thought naive. the bucket thing was actually really clever because, you know, they, they knock it over and I there's so ashes too. and it's like, well, they didn't leave here long ago. So, oh, that's a great way to tell, like, you know, yeah. have they abandoned this days ago or is this like, you know, they hours. left here a couple exactly. hours yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely one of those things where, like, a lot of the, the I'll say, detractors or people that, that didn't like the film, which is totally fine. You, if you don't like it, that's, that's your Sure, that's your you're bag. wrong, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you can be uh, wrong. <laughs> but that was, like, they're like, oh, they're just, like, why are they helping the enemy? It's like, because he's a kid. He's try He has compassion. He's not this cold-blooded Navy SEAL killer. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. You know, and, and Blake, you know, even, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to be more than what just the the you know one side to you know binary black and white well, well and I, I mean go ahead, i was Ryan. gonna say like to, to the naivete a little bit of like when they're in like you know quiet moments and they're making noise and stuff yeah i imagine there's so much noise with war with the shelling and yeah constantly that when it's quiet it's probably like deceptively like you probably don't even remember what how loud is a bucket <laughs> yeah like all that yeah, like, explosions this, for the past what does this 12 matter? hours yeah like who who's got, yeah. who can hear this who can hear anything at this point honestly yeah so, yeah so the only thing that that actually really did bother me throughout the whole film just total mm -hmm. in general was that uh, Schofield does have a lot of plot armor when well, being shot at that was my only <laughs> boy does he ever my only complaint too is just going to be that he is the luckiest man on earth for plot reasons, like yeah, well, yeah. Well, hold on, so so what you're telling me? Hold on, I mean, no, like, no, 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 yeah, no, you committed now. Okay, it's now on I'm record. Committed. You you are positing he won the lottery. The luckiest this, yes. man on earth <laughs> <laughs> grabbed a barbed wire strand <laughs> and then put barbed wire palm directly into Listen, the torso of a dead in man. In his hand, they found the cure for so many diseases. <laughs> he was rich beyond his wildest dreams after like, this is over. Like. At that point, right in the body. At that point, he what he really is is he's the unluckiest man alive because he's really he's just like, please anybody kill me? No, actually yeah. hit me, please. I'll open the door. Just kill me. Why do people keep missing me? <laughs> if that had been me, I put my hand in there. I just lay down right there. 
What yeah. happened? I'm just going to lay I'm here until I'm dead. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> I'm done. You go on without me. I can't do it. This is too great. You just started out, but I am I am over this. I am over it. No, but for real, he has some plot armor in terms of like people missing shots. Oh, oh yeah. I was like, man, the Germans can't shoot. <laughs> well, I mean, like all those Germans were hip firing. I know. Well, well, the, the, I think the, that the one in the village was like, I'm going to chase you with my gun at my hip. Like, dude, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> I did zero research on like just, actual World War One like gunplay and tactics. And I was like, did that, was that what they did? They just I shot them in the hip and you, ran after you them? You stop, you shouldering, you yeah, shoot. Drive would Drop down on one knee, like it's not like Schofield's not actually firing at you. Like you got all and day. He's not, he's not zigzagging. He's, he's not zagging on him. He's got he's got a zag on him. Man, yeah, these guys are hip firing, chasing after him. Like this is intense. Yeah, but so um, you know, those were my, I'll say my detractions, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are so minor nitpicky. I just yeah. don't care. No, it just doesn't it, matter. It this doesn't, like, doesn't add up. Yeah. Like because this is this is not meant to be this major characterization of all the you know like this massive war epic from the grand scale of things. This is just a dude trying to deliver a message. Yeah. Yeah, I so I think too, like a big thing that plays in this, right, is that the plot ultimately relatively simple, right? Yeah. You have you have one day, here's your your letter. Yep. You're going from point A to point B to point C. And uh yeah, that's it. So have at <laughs> it. Yeah, but I think the stakes are very clearly communicated. Well, well, and well, then so you well, well, come on now, come on now. What I'm saying here I'm is let you right, finish. <laughs> so so when we have plots that get really, really complicated, right? And you get oh, yeah. way out under these little thin branches, and they're like, hey, by the yeah. way, here's a huge emotional weight, and just you know, it just snaps, right? Yeah. This it's just like, so I laid down a two by four, like, yeah, it's like, and then I started building my house on top. Like, okay, yeah, that's gonna hold, right? Like this is what you do. You lay down, you, you yeah. frame it out, it's nothing too flashy about it. Simple, basic, boom, let's put all the emotional weight in the world on this and it holds, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that is like big to its favor. And like it lets you, you know, like it's, it's I, I made it, I made it sound really simple. But along yeah. the way, we also have stuff like the German pilot, the the French woman in the basement. Like yeah. we have chances for other moments that impact the story and they, they you know, do things, right? Yeah. Uh, now, I, I will say though, to your, to your detractor's point about Schofield, and um, not making the best decisions, yeah. right? Like, I, I just like to say that he began this adventure by putting barbed wire in his palm, mm -hmm. <laughs> putting his hand in a dead man's torso. That wasn't his fault. That wasn't his fault. And then, I don't know, getting blown up because a stupid rat ran over a tripwire. Yeah, everything after that's just It's like, a concussion. Like, yeah, like, yeah. you are just, just fried at this point. <laughs> You're so over it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like... Whatever. Like, when he's... Going across, you know, the, the destroyed bridge to get into the town, right? Yeah. Like, that's post after, like, Blake dies in his arms. Yeah. Like, like not even, like, ten minutes like, ago. Like, there, there are just no, you know, Fs to give on this, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to skirt this as close as I can. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, he's he's basically, you know, I'm not behind enemy lines per se, but he's, like, in it on his own. If he's going to make this happen and make Blake's, you know, death worth anything then the only way to go is forward right oh so that actually does uh pose a question why was there a um a british convoy behind enemy lines when they didn't know about the uh the retraction which are you talking about mark strong's yeah unit? yeah mark strong's unit i thought they did know about it well didn't they say something about well, it? yeah but, they but were they, they were he, but he should have like it 
Well, I don't know. I don't know if he. I don't know how militaries work. Well, well, so, so part of it. So part of it too, right? It's as important to remember that when when you say like, oh, the front and the trenches, right? It's really easy to think of straight lines. No, it's, it's and they very, don't. They yeah. like they zig, they zag, they curve back on each other. So there's a lot of overlap. Where like, sure, at this point, I'm on my side, but if we went, you know, 20 miles south, I would be firmly entrenched on the other side of like, you know what I mean? Like it's not an east-west. Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, it was motion. pretty like like they walked out of the bunker. And then through the artillery field through the, through the and then literally just down the hill. And then down – not far from it, yeah. yeah. Like I think that there is expected to be some time because they are like go through like a little bit of woods before that. So I feel like there's supposed to be some time, like a gap in there. Yeah. Because they, they, they count off like it's like what, nine miles and they're going to get it. They Well, we can get this done in six hours or something Yeah, like so that. I mean like I guess if you're looking at it from the perspective of that like what you're watching on screen is not actually them traveling it's, nine it's miles. Not, it's not a one for yeah. one, right? Because yeah, yeah. they, they estimate it'll, it's going to take them six hours to travel. It's only a two-hour movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean like the, there's definitely some compression there. Right. For the for the, and that that was one of the other things that I saw kind of perusing things. Again, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Ryan? Or or maybe Steven. I don't know. Does Steven have more? I mean, I don't I don't have like I don't have like any real, you know, nitpicks to the plot, right? Like it's, uh, it's just simple and it's straightforward. Yeah, it just it works. Uh, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe there's an objection to like but it's not even D- don't drink the... old milk that you don't know how long oh, it's been man. there. Okay. No, you yeah, gotta I'm drink the old milk. milk. <laughs> bucket bucket milk gets me every time. Yeah. Bucket <laughs> no, milk I, into canteen I would say milk. A point in the wind column for me with the plot is that it takes you on even though it's it's a simple idea of yeah. like I have to take this message from point A to point B, everywhere along the way you meet so many different people and so many different scenarios. Yeah, that it is almost like it tells a bunch of mini stories along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of the that's kind of where he was coming from with this film. Is yeah. all of these are are basically they are not. This is not one specific story that was told these are multiple stories that were told by his grandfather of just stories that he heard from other people right that he experienced those kind of things and in you know sam mendes just basically wrote it into a singular film so you kind of have all of everything into one singular arc yeah Yeah. well i think something too that i like about the plot like once we get schofield into the town yeah right and he's going through there at night and he comes upon the the one drunken German and the other German who he surprises, right? Yeah. It's like even through all of this, he still retains enough humanity that he's like, I'm not – again, I'm not just cold-blooded killer. Like I came up behind you. I slit your throat. I, you know, I slink back into the bushes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's still mistakes that get made there. There's still – like he's still human. He, and he's still a kid. Yeah. I mean like, you well, know. I have a harder – so – I have a harder time telling him a kid than I do Blake. Well, because he does – eventually we find out that he does have a kid and a uh, wife. He's, got, yeah, he's, he's married with, I think, like two, two kids. kids. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, also, obviously, he's he's seen more, right? Yeah. Been through Battle of the Somme, been through other stuff. Like, he's seen some stuff. Yeah. Um, But, like, he's still managing to, to retain, you know, some shred of being a human being. Right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, there's so many things about this that, like – I don't want to like just sit here and like swirl around and around and around on it. But like even just like the start, right? You know, when when their sergeant or whoever comes and says, you know, Blake, you know, pick a man and go to the go to the command. Yep. And it's like, well, you don't know what this is. Yeah. And so of course he picks his friend and then like as they go, he's like, Why would you pick me? And it's like, I thought we were, you know, getting 
sent back. Like maybe like we're getting like, you know, extra, extra ration, extra, yeah. ration, extra time. Like, you know, there's no. I thought this would be easy. I thought this would be good for us. Yeah. yeah. Like, I thought I was yeah. making a fun choice. And then he finds out, you know, this is a terrible thing, but I have to do like my brother's on the line here. Yeah. You know, like, like I have to do this. I thought that was actually really great. One that they have that argument because again, this is, you know, they're, they're people they're enduring. They've already, he's already been blown up. They've already had horrible things happen to him as a result of it. And he's mm -hmm. just like, why, like, why, like, it's not just the, the quiet, simple, all right, well, I'm with you, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I thought that that's a, another point in its favor of, you know, like showing kind of like how the war and you know the, just the effects of the last, I don't know, 30 minutes, hour, whatever, how much time period <laughs> is already having kind of on them of like, well, why, why would we do this kind yeah. of thing? So. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah, the only other thing I was going to say, other than, you know, I think the plot is, is strong because you get those little stories. Yeah. It's just that, like, the when the general or the Colin Firth, when he does mm -hmm. give them, and he's like, you know, is it just the two of us? And he's like, you travel faster that way. I'm like, I don't know that I fully agree with you. <laughs> I feel like if they had more boys with them, a lot of the stuff that happened along the way could have Be been a lot avoided. Easier. Yeah. They could have made a better straight shot <laughs> with more people now now if it would have been kind of like blake get up and choose six or, or <laughs> something like that just, might... yeah well that's just saving private ryan right, right. Oh, yeah. That, that, no, yeah, that i, I get what problem. i did for the but i was like when he said that i was like i don't know that i agree with that <laughs> well but also when you when you think back to sam mendez's you know story from his grandfather yeah. right of like uh, the implication here of well the mist is you know five and a half feet six feet high you're five foot four so you can Paul Boogie down the line in no man's land and be hidden still. The implication there is they didn't say like you and your buddy, six foot three, Jim, Bo, no, get yeah. out there. Right. Like <laughs> he was on his own yeah, yeah. doing this. So like, I, I get the impression, you know, again, the, the assumption here out of the general is, well, the Germans pulled back. Like there, there basically shouldn't be opposition here, but we don't know. So well, we have no idea. We don't yeah. know. So, like, sending one person is not the greatest call. Yeah. Sending two people is, is you know, the least cost to us. It, it, you have redundancy or whatever. But it also, like, there shouldn't be that big a problem out here because we know why. They're pulling back to set up for this big trap. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I, I did like that that plot that, like, it's like they're setting up for a trap and you have to get word across here. Mm -hmm. And I'm uh -huh. like, they, the only way to do it's a letter. I'm like, yeah. I don't have... <laughs> Telegrams yet? You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember like the technology of World well, War One. Well, they like, cut the lines. They said oh, that's that. Right, they, they said that. The line. yeah, yeah. The, our lines. Get were a cut. dude in a plane and go right over. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, that technically would be the easiest way to do <laughs> right. it. But maybe you know, maybe they they didn't have the bandwidth to to send a messenger with the plane. You Who know, knows? that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on to in, into some entertainment, which yeah. is just kind of our general thoughts, which you basically already heard by now. Oh, so this is gonna be a quick recap. I feel like <laughs> yeah, um, we loved it. 10 I loved 10. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I was entertained. I think it's a hard movie to watch in that it's well, intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I love it though, um, and I'll watch it probably once a year, give or take. I, I could see myself watching it more, but it, it's definitely like I want that time between to like. So forget a little bit of yeah. some of it, you know, like, yeah. So I, I've added the, like, I have the, the soundtrack on my just general, like mm -hmm. uh, sound movie soundtracks, whatever playlist. And, uh, it's every time it comes on, I know exactly what it's from. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where it gets me jonesing to watch it again. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'll sit there for a minute and be like, mm, 
do I want to watch this you, you, again? You think about the, the implications <laughs> of yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Do what, I, what do I want to watch Blake die again? You right. know, like, it's, oh, it's, it's those kind of things where, like, I think films like this have such a lasting impression on you. Yeah. That it's, it's, a, it's a good thing because, one, it, you know, it, it hopefully teaches people to not repeat the past. But sure. then, two, you get to the, such a realistic depiction of the horrors of war, yeah. I think, are, are really, like, meaningful, I think. And, and this is a really special film. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Steven, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, is it entertaining? Yes. Is it fun and lighthearted? No. Oh, God, no. no. There's yeah. nothing, again, you know, it's World War One. Like, there is nothing fun and fluffy and lighthearted. There are some, you know, small, lighthearted moments within it, right? Yeah. Them just kind of talking as they're walking and, you know, so, I mean, honestly, them going through the German trenches and just being amazed at how much nicer they are compared to where they just came <laughs> yeah. from is its own kind of, you know, entertainment. Like, it's a little bit of fun. Yeah. I think there's moments of, like, the, you know, enduring will of humanity towards the end where it's kind of like there's hope, you know. Yeah, you keep pushing so, forward. Uh, yeah. One of the things, and this is more just World War One trivia, and Stephen knows this because we talked about it last night. Uh, but, uh, but basically the, the German trenches are much nicer because mm-hmm. the Germans were expecting to be there for a very long time. Yeah. The, the mm. British and the French attitude was always like, well, well, we'll be here until we push through. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, so that's why the, uh, the accommodations in the trenches for all the British soldiers would just look completely like, like terrible. squalor and, yeah. and really bad where like the Germans had electricity and, and you know, con- concrete. Bunkers. Yeah, and, because yeah. the Germans were ready for a long fight. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that whole bit of them kind of exploring it is, is you know, it's, it, it has its, its lighthearted moments until the stupid rat comes along. <laughs> <laughs> stupid well, rat. And, and like, but, they, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you, but even the rat, like, they, like Blake looks like, goes, even their rats are bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the thing with, uh, so after Blake passes away, and, you know, the, the, a company, the company comes up and they, they start helping him move and everything. Mm-hmm. And he talks with Mark Strong. And, but even then, like, those moments are, are, are lighthearted enough to help bring you, the viewer, out of this, back this depression yeah. Yeah. that you've just watched. Your, one of your two main characters brutally get killed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, like, when we were watching this, you know, again in theaters, I kind of was, like, trying in my head to like draw like some Lord of the Rings analogies, right? Yeah. We, we, have, we have a very like a Frodo and Sam thing going on here and oh, Frodo's dead. Okay, well, let's revise <laughs> these, uh, let's revise these, strat- these yeah. concepts real quick. Yeah, it's, um, um I, I, it's a great film. It's really yeah, special. I mean, it, it, I like, we've been, you know, gushing about this quite a bit, but yeah. like, it, it, it almost can't be overstated how powerful this film is. And it just what an incredible journey it is. Mm-hmm. It's a hard journey, but it's it's something that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know we're we're kind of wrapping up here, and before we we sign off, we have to obviously give you one more shill because that's how it works here. It's just how it is. Yep. And okay, so we have a Patreon, and if you are not part of the Patreon, you can sign up for at least one dollar a month. If you're not part of the Patreon, you're missing out. Yeah. We have tons of bonus episodes. Uh, we are doing this month a Patreon picks, mm-hmm. uh, which basically allows you to vote on a uh, new episode that we're going to review. Yep. Uh, and the the films that are kind of on the the list right now, right, are R R R, The Mask of Zorro, Ip Man, 
and Gladiator. Yep. And uh, all of these are um, great films, and we're looking forward to kind of seeing what you guys pick for us because, you know, we, we actually had a very hard time deciding you know, which one we want to do. We're, so we're excited to review any uh, of those four movies. Those come through, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm excited it. to see like what people want us to review. Yeah. 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 Uh, but even if you, you know, so let's say you want to sign up and, and toss a vote in, you still get guaranteed one bonus episode a month for just $1. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's... And access I, to all of our old bonus episodes. So yep. it's not just the month you're subscribing. It's like yeah. when you pay that dollar, you get all the bonus content we've created at the $1 tier, which is the bonus episodes. And you can vote and you get moving forward at least one episode a month. Yep. And, and of course, before we, we head off, we also want to thank all of our patrons out there <laughs> yes. who have been contributing yes. and Big supporting. Thank you. Uh, thank you, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. It uh, really helps us pay those hosting fees and, and keep bringing this content to you. Keeps yep. the microphones on. It does. And all of this is available at patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. And, you know, if for whatever reason you, you don't have, um, you don't want to give us money, that is totally okay. If you can't spare can't, a can't buck. can't spare the dollar, yeah. Uh, then toss us a review. Share us to a friend, your cat, your dog, family Anybody. members. Anyone. Anyone at all. It doesn't matter. Dude on the street. I don't care. Yeah. Play it really loud in your car with the windows down so <laughs> everyone can hear it. <laughs> and that sounds like all the time we have. So until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Ryan. I'm Steven. And every spoiler was intended. This was the rest of the review. There's nothing special about the cinematography. It's not bad, but it takes away any intimacy from the scene. What? <laughs> this is giving Think me of like hives. Then look at this mess. Think Nowhere of near the caliber of Platoon. Did he just? <laughs> All right. I love Platoon. What sure. in it is the what world? It is. You are literally a fly on the wall throughout the entire film. The main character Schofield was a total wimp posh boy, and a moron to boot. His friend was just as useless. Wow. <laughs> no. Right over his head.